You are now listening to The Model Health Show with Sean Stevenson. For more, visit themodelhealthshow.com. Welcome to The Model Health Show. This is fitness and nutrition expert, Sean Stevenson, and I'm so grateful for you tuning in with me today. This is a very special episode, all right? The tables are getting turned, all right? I'm being interviewed today by somebody who knows me better than anybody already, but she's got some questions for me. I have no idea what she's gonna ask me about. So uh, maybe a little concerned, but I'm really very, very excited. And I think a lot of great uh, nuggets of wisdom and insight are going to come from today. And it's none other than my wife, Ann Stevenson. She's highly request, requested to come on the show. And so getting her on here and having the opportunity to do this, I think it's really, really great and uh, very excited. So today I've been on the move, a lot of stuff going on. So I had myself one of my favorite smoothies. So the base, and I'll just tell you the ingredients. We got chia seeds, all right, the mega-3s, all right, soaked chia seeds. You know, it creates like a little pudding. And then I've got ice, we've got unsweetened almond milk, got some protein powder, a little peanut butter, because peanut butter is peanut butter, all right? But my very special ingredient, what I really wanted to deliver into my body is the gold from Organifi. And check this out. And this is based on turmeric. It's their gold formula. With turmeric, this was published in Life Enhancement, scientists found out that a compound, which is a high concentration in turmeric called curcumin, protected mice who were subject to 72 hours of sleep deprivation, protected them against impaired locomotor activity, memory dysfunction, weight dysfunction, and depression. It has this incredibly powerful protective factor over uh, the, the nervous system and endocrine system. And this is something that's been utilized for literally thousands of years. And it's the main component of this formula, the Organifi Gold. And here's it tastes amazing. It tastes so good. So the group that received the curcumin treatment before the sleep deprivation showed significant decrease in anxiety-like behavior and oxidative stress caused by lack of sleep. This is one of the big issues that happens when we're sleep deprived is this increase in our oxidative stress. And so basically it's aging us. If you want to get older faster, not like if, if you're 15 trying to get your license, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when you're like older and you want to slow down the aging process. We need to do things to protect ourselves against excessive oxidative stress. We do need some, it helps us to grow and develop, but we get into the state of chronic inflammation. Turmeric is one of the very best things and to get it in a formula combined with other things that makes it work even better. That's what it's all about with Organifi Gold. Pop over, check them out. It's Organifi.com forward slash model. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com forward slash model. You get 20% off. 20% off all of their incredible formulas, the green juice, the red juice, and the gold. I got to add this in here too. This formula is really great for winding down, for, uh, for, for relaxing. And here's why. It also has reishi in the formula. So reishi, if you check out this study, this was pharmacology, biochemistry, and behavior, found that reishi was able to significantly decrease sleep latency. So that means you fall asleep faster, increase overall sleep time, and increase non-REM deep sleep time and REM sleep. All right, so it's literally improving your overall sleep quality. There's also magnesium in this formula. So this is related. Magnesium is responsible for over 325 biochemical processes in the human body. All right, that means there's 325 things your body cannot do 
or do properly without magnesium being present. This is how important it is. And guess what? It's the number one mineral deficiency in our culture. All right, so we're literally walking around operating at far lower levels than what's possible for us simply because of this deficiency. All right, it's in the formula. Many of those processes, by the way, have to do with homeostasis and relaxation and calming down the system, the nervous system specifically. All right, it's a big component of muscle tension and of course with sleep. All right, so definitely check it out. Organifi.com forward slash model for 20% off. And now let's get to the Apple Podcast Review of the Week. Another five-star review titled, My Commute Equals Learning Equals Me Time by Kengaya5. I look forward to commuting back and forth to work because I get quality time with Sean and all his inspiring information, love, encouragement, and guest speakers. Sometimes I just have to write info, links, and quotes down, which means I park on the side of the road. A girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do now to get my husband hooked with me. Thank you so much for leaving that review. I appreciate it very, very much. And everybody, if you've yet to do so, please pop over. Leave me a review for the show. What are you waiting for? All right, do it. All right, do it, do it. And by the way, if you're listening on a different platform than Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, whatever medium you're listening on, please leave a review. Leave a comment. Drop a comment if you're watching on YouTube, if you're hanging out in the studio with us. All right. I appreciate that very, very much. And now let's get to our special guest and topic of the day. My guest today is my very best friend in the world, my wife, Ann Stevenson. She's actually the operations manager for our company. And, you know, just starting many years ago when I was doing clinical work as a nutritionist and her managing all the behind the scenes stuff and really being there to work together side by side and building this huge platform that we have today. You know, she was there with me teaching all these classes, these pop-up classes we were doing, you know, a decade plus ago and all, all the people that we've impacted and it wouldn't be possible without her. You know, she's intricate in helping to uh, create Sleep Smarter and she's just amazing. You know, she's, she's somebody who always finds the answer. She always finds a solution. If something's going on with some tech stuff, she's like, it's the internet. There's a way. And to have somebody like that by your side is just priceless. And she's also my very best friend. I've shared so much with her, more than any other person walking around on the planet, so much time. And we've uh, raised a family together. You know, we, we have uh, an amazing family that, again, it just wouldn't be possible without her. She's my best friend. She is an incredible mom, an incredible wife. And I'd like to welcome to the Model Health Show, my wife, Ann Stevenson. What's going on, babe? What's up? <laughs> <laughs> How are you? Good, good. Yeah, you look good. You looking healthy. Mm-hmm. I see you. So this is probably a little awkward. We're going to switch roles here. Mm-hmm. And you got some questions for me. Well, yes. First of all, you've had, you know, kind of an intense couple of weeks, right? Yes. So what's what's been going on? I mean, um, the universe saw fit that everybody in my life is a Virgo slash Leo in the house. And so um, it's just been birthday after birthday. Mm, and so birthday I think season. I've had, what, um, four birthdays in two weeks? Yeah, less than two yeah, weeks. Yeah, in less than two weeks. And Including making sure me, everyone, <laughs> right? Our sons, Aunt Cynthia. Cynthia and. and- E.T.'s birthday oh was in goodness. there, so many people's birthday. But I was doing the math, 
and I was like, you know, nine months backwards. So that's right around the holiday season. <laughs> a lot of people doing it, Dang. right? You know, Merry Christmas, right? Or Happy New Year. <laughs> Boom, yes. baby's here. But you're welcome. Yeah, yeah. But I, I love it. It's I feel every year it's a challenge, but I love the challenge, the call to it's what the call for greatness. No, right. I'm just kidding. No, it's amazing <laughs> um to celebrate everybody's birthday together and trying to make sure everybody feels warm and lovely and um it's really a great time and then we're done. Mm. And we just get it all done. Right. I, yeah. I, but here's the thing. Your birthday is January 1st. I mean, first of all. It, I'm, you're getting cheated. Right. I'm, you're getting cheated, too. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody wins, but it's all good. It's all good. So you've got some questions for me, and yes. I don't know exactly what you're going to ask me. So yeah. I'm a little bit, you, I'm not nervous. I'm a little concerned. I don't no, know. No, you're not concerned. <laughs> it shouldn't be concerned. Um, and first of all, I do want to shout out... Um, because it was hard initially because I felt that I know you and yeah. like, I don't even know what I'm going to ask you. But then I got the help from, I just kind of put the word out there with our close family members and um, just people who I know who are interested to know more about you and who know you already. Yeah. So it, it, you know, got my mind going. And also our, uh, I want to shout out our FLC F FLC fam, they yeah. really uh, had an, some amazing questions in there. If you don't know, that's our Fat Loss Code membership group. And I put up that question and I had some amazing response. So awesome. The ho hopefully they'll make it in there. The FatLossCode.com. Yes. Holla. Yes. That's our inner circle. You yes, our inner there. circle. They're just amazing. And yeah, hopefully all of them make them in here because it's a lot. And it just got my mind thinking. And, and I realized there's some things that I do take for granted, you know, knowing you and um, some things that I've never even really thought of asking you. So mm. I think this would be great that yeah. I'm also going to be learning about <laughs> you today, too. All right, let's do so it. So just um, I want to start with the. Um, the model health show format, <laughs> mm. which is always um, talking about your superhero origin story. Yeah. Um, knowing, I already know you're a superhero. Most of the people who listen to this show know that too. But I want to go a little bit deeper. I know in a lot of different episodes, you do talk about like little snippets mm -hmm. of, you know, your life. But I also want to get to the challenges um, if it's like, you know, your parents or lack thereof. Um, I want to get to, uh, you know, just some of the challenges and tribulations that have made you who you are today. So. All right. That's a big question right there. That's the big question. So, um, wow. Yeah. My, my, my upbringing kind of where I came from, I'm very grateful for now, but at the time I struggle with a lot of it, you know, initially, um, living with my grandmother the first part of my life until I was in uh, after second grade. So I was like six or seven. I, I, because of my birthday, I was a, always the youngest kid in the class. <laughs> but it was just really, every time I think of a, every time I think of it, I feel so much uh, wholesomeness and a sense of, of value. Like I immediately feel so valuable because she made a big deal out of me. You know, she really made me feel special. Um, holidays were, you know, since we're talking about holidays, but, um, you know, she really made it an adventure. She made it like a, a kid's dream, you know, and she also instilled in me the importance of education. I remember very clearly the very first time when I was learning how to, to write 
and she got me this little Garfield notebook and I was like <laughs> doing my letters or whatever. And I just like, I liked to write, I immediately felt it. And cut to, you know, after all the drama in my life, writing yeah. an international best-selling book, it's crazy. But she instilled that in me. And there was a sense of accountability, you know, with me doing my homework and getting good mm -hmm. grades. But she didn't like, she wasn't like nagging me or anything. It's just kind of like the culture, you know? And also my cousins were over a lot. My cousin, uh, Candy specifically, she was like my best friend. And after school, she was one grade le lower than me. So once she started going to kindergarten, I was in first, gra first mm -hmm. grade, I would save up a little bit of my lunch. I wouldn't eat it all so we could have a picnic on the way home. <laughs> and we would like camp out behind these little bushes or whatever and just have a picnic and talk about stuff, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, life was, life was pretty, pretty sweet. But also in this is where the template for my poor health took place. My grandfather was, you know, he hunted, he foraged, and my grandmother had a garden. I would barely touch any of that stuff, right? I, I was really, because she loved me so much, and, you know, a lot of parents just like, I just want him to eat something. And we've done that too, you know, Brady, right. but we were doing real food, you know, but I got really attracted to fish sticks, you know. I was all about that minced up fish and ketchup, you know. Like she had to keep two bottles on tap for me, you know. And um, the 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 vegetables, fortunately, you know, I did like broccoli, and uh, with cheese but, on it though. yeah, with cheese most of the time. <laughs> and it was the real typical stuff. And a lot of people grew up like this, you know, the canned corn, the green beans, and that was pretty much it. I would. Oh, those beans got to talk about those beans. The beans? Remember, you, you thought they only came in a can? I, yeah, I thought they came in a can. Like, I didn't even know where they came from. <laughs> Until you met me, you didn't know. Yeah, like, I never thought about it. I was just like, oh, beans are in a can, you know? And so having that template, you know, she, it was out of love. She wanted me to eat. She wanted me to be happy. I had my own little special table, my little red chairs, and my grandfather be in the kitchen probably just like this, you know, <laughs> this little, uh, Spoiled. you know? And... Again, life was pretty sweet. Then shift gears. And this is really important, I guess, in my story. You know, I, being biracial and my grandmother was white. And so just imagining the, the, the time that she was in, because this is like early 80s and it just wasn't cool yet. And I remember people, you know, I remember being at Venture, which is like Kmart, but it, shout out to Venture, whoever went to Venture has been gone for a minute. <laughs> And like somebody said something to her about me, and I I was like maybe four, and I like, but yeah. I I knew that it wasn't right, and I but I didn't know exactly what was going on, you know, and also going to a predominantly white school at the time, being in the you know the kind of suburban neighborhood we were in, uh, I didn't know that I was different, mm -hmm. but the environment kind of let me know at some point, and I shared on the on the show before, but you know one day I was walking home from school, and some kids were behind me, and they were like calling me names, you know. And we got in front of my house and my grandfather, you know, I, they were like saying that I was cussing. And I was like, no, they were saying this stuff, but he believed them. Mm -hmm. And he's the best, like he's the model of a, of, a, of a man in my life, you know. But for whatever reason, you know, I th you know he made the wrong choice in not believing and trusting me. And, uh, you know, he made me get a switch off the tree and, you know, he whooped me. <sighs> And I just really felt alone. I felt very isolated. And all of that said, I, I would go on the weekends to my mom's house because people were like, why weren't you with your mom? 
my mom, she was very young when she had me and she just wasn't very stable. You know, she wanted to give me an opportunity, I'm sure. And, but I would go and stay with her on the weekends. And, um, but it was a very volatile, violent, aggressive atmosphere in the first place. And my earliest memories, you know, we lived in this uh, four family flat and, you know, I would sleep on the floor. My little brother was born at this time. He was a little baby. We play, hang out. But you know, there's like mouse traps everywhere. There's mice running around, there's roaches, you know. And um, but still, it's just still like this sense of the world is possible. Still, you know. Yeah. But I would be very glad to get back to my grandmother's house. You know, there's a, a much more of a sense of certainty. And you know, being in second grade, this was the first time I could recollect, you know, just this volatile environment, being over with my mother. And I'm sorry, this wasn't second grade. This was, I was in preschool. And the kid next door, he was in first grade. And I still, you've seen the scar on the back of my yeah. head. You know this. But yeah. we kept getting into a little scuffles. You know, just kids were literally, I'm like f four years old. You know, he's like six, five or six years old. And ultimately th the parents decided, my mother and this kid's mother to, to have us fight. You know, they're sitting out on the stoop of the this apartment complex. And this is a different apartment. We moved literally like 15 times as well. You know, couldn't keep a, a place. And they had us fight like dogs. Like, you know, like um, it was crazy, you know. And this kid is bigger than me, you know. And uh, we were just getting into like kids scuffles, not meant to fight each other. I, I remember feeling like, why am I in this? Why did she put me here? I don't want to do this. And he pushed me against the corner of this brick wall and busted my head wide open. And, you know, I was, you know, rushed into the hospital. Mm. They had to put me to sleep because, you know, I was flipping out. But I still had, that's where this aggression came from. Like the, the seed of this aggression came from that moment because I remember I could still hear my little voice saying, you know, I'm going to get him. I'm going to get Alfonso, you know. And sure enough, the next day or two when I was out of the hospital, he was in the backyard like digging a hole or some random thing kids do. And I just walked over and I hit him with this Tonka truck, you know, and oh just like cl really cleaned his clock. And at the time I felt like, yeah, you know, but looking back on it, I was so lost. I didn't, my, my I was put in a situation that a child should not be in. And I was led to believe because of the conditioning, my stepfather, like you need to be tough. And that means hurting other people. And so all of that, that template, moving in full time with my with my mother, um, my eating habits continued, but now we got you know food stamps. You know I get that book, get that mm. book of food stamps, and you know I go to the store, get my candy. There was a sense of normalcy with my grandmother a little bit, you know, with her cooking, but now it's just like a lot less cooking. My mom could cook really great, yeah. but you know it was um, a little bit more rare, and. My, my poor eating habits just continue, but in my family, which is so cool for you to ask me these questions because I was the, the, the quote, skinny kid in my family. For, you know, I have a different father, so I guess it's from those genetics. Mm -hmm. And, but my fat gene ultimately got turned on at a point. By the way, it's the FTO gene for all the Modern Health Show <laughs> listeners. And we all really do have various fat genes, you know, but it just took a, a long time of being docile and of eating these poor foods once I lost my health ultimately at the age of 20 that I gained all this weight. And so just to kind of wrap up this little bit of the origin story. Uh, once I moved into this totally different environment, 
it was like a culture shock because now I'm going to a predominantly black school and I'm different again. And I go through all those trials and tribulations. Then in sixth grade, I'm going to a predominantly white school again. We're in this DSEG program and I'm bust out an hour each day, yeah. an hour there, an hour back to go to these schools. And I'm culture shock again. Now I'm, I just never really got a chance to fit in. And I felt that, you know, I just really wanted to fit in. I wanted to fit in, but ultimately I'm so grateful because this taught me acceptance. I always had an eye out for people who were, you know, getting bullied, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? I was a little bit tougher. So defending people and I wasn't perfect. You know, I, I bullied my little brother, you know, mm. and it was just the way that I was taught. And I love him so much. I, if there, people ask me if there's anything I could do when I, you know, go back and change anything, I wouldn't change my story at all. Yeah. If there was one thing, it would be to be a better big brother for my little brother and little sister. I know. All right. I know. I didn't know he was gonna. No, I, I, I didn't know <laughs> we were gonna go there. I really didn't, and so. and I, I know how. That's that one thing, and the good thing though is like you know, they're here still. You you are here still, and I know that they've seen so much tremendous growth from you, and they're so proud of you. Um there is still so much more room to to be better and and you guys i mean like we went from and we'll get back to that later i mean we went from not even having that connection to now i mean your brother comes to every game you know mm. jordan's game and stuff so yeah but the, i mean it's just to again put a put a bow on the the story this origin story all of these conditions and looking back on it helped to make me who I am. And so I want everybody to really honor their story. A lot of, a lot of times, you know, I was embarrassed, you know, I was embarrassed of my mom. I was embarrassed of being different. Like when I was at the, the city school, I was embarrassed that she was my mom because it's like, it didn't fit in, yeah. you know, but if we can embrace those things and begin to share, because I, I promise there are people who have a very similar story, who feel that same sense of disconnection and, and, and not enough, and, and being ashamed. And that's such a negative energy. It really does bring you down. And I'm so grateful for all this stuff because it really led me to do a 180 in my life. I was so self-centered because my conditions, I, I just felt like I had to defend myself all the time. I had to be mm -hmm. on guard and be ready. I mean, I think even when I met you, you still, you were so defensive. Like you were so quick to from judging to being mad to everything, you were just always, you were, you stayed ready, but, <laughs> but, but in the wrong sense of um, just waiting for something to be wrong so you can complain about it being wrong, but which is so weird. And, and that's what, you know, I hopefully will be able to, to d dive into is just that even though you had that, you still also had that other piece which I think now this is just coming together of like, you know, from Mima to your mom, you know, those two environments. Cause you still also had that sense of like small hints of like sweetness. And the best way I can say, because it's from my perspective was like the romantic mm -hmm. feeling of like possibility of, and it was small. It wasn't as much as, you know, it's just like, 
we'll see what's going on and and I'm ready to react and go yeah. off on you which it's it's literally when people say you know you've changed <laughs> <laughs> you've <laughs> have changed. no idea have but ultimately, no idea it's just like when these things when these character traits which we consider to be negative character traits it just gets to a place where you ask is this serving me you know my anger my aggression is this serving me am i utilizing this the right way you know i still get angry from time to time but not it's a different flavor of it you mm -hmm. know and it's much more i'm aware it doesn't overtake me you know i i used to be so impatient and you knew this and now like I've so I like I've a hundred x more patience. <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm more patient than you, but you know I'm not oh. gonna. We're not gonna compete, you know. But just understanding that if I'm going to help people, because my life went from being so self-centered to being, I went to the other extreme, which you know, of just caring about other people, and I would take care of myself a little bit. But I mean, I was so focused, and I would lose sleep worrying about others and how can I help people, and. Fortunately, I found a happy medium, mm -hmm. you know, but I think it's such a, a cre incredible gift to be in those conditions because it forced me to make a decision. Am I going to be this scared, self-centered, uh, uh, aggressive person, or I'm going to be the complete opposite and be of service and be a person who brings value and light and love into other people's lives? Amazing. Awesome. I can do this all the time, by the way. Just call me back. <laughs> now, that was really great. Um, so I want to move back. I want to now moving more to the current Sean, the 2018 Sean. And um, I want to talk about like what is what inspires you lately? What are you excited about? Mm. What's that fire going? <laughs> what inspires me uh, right off the bat is my kids, you know, and seeing them every day, seeing them grow. And you, you inspire me so much. Mm -hmm. And seeing your growth and how you hold me accountable and just how you're down, like you're down for the team, you know? Yeah. And But I knew that I had to grow to Bail get you, you to a place. Kind of down. <laughs> <laughs> to get you to a place, we might have to come back to that, but <laughs> to get you to a place where you feel empowered and and, and it's not like I'm forcing you to support my vision and, and me, you know, taking care of your certainty needs and also making sure that you are in a place where you can do things that keep you elevated as well. So that inspires me. What I'm really most excited about is definitely what's going on with ITN and it's the Institute of Transformational Nutrition and the work that we're doing with, with Cynthia. And it's so exciting because you know this, I've been every, every year when we do goals, I've for years, just like we, we got to create a certification program. Yeah. Because nothing really met my standards as far as the nutrition training and also the business side and seeing all of these people, even, you know, folks that have come into my office for uh, sessions with me, mm -hmm. you know, uh, who are health coaches dealing with their various issues and seeing them struggling with their finances and knowing that they, they really want to help people and something happened in their lives that sparked that very similar to mine a lot of times and but not being able to sustain their livelihood and I just can't stand it man I can't stand how people cut corners and try to use people lower their standards on who they would work with yeah you know and I because I've done it in the sake of like I need to get some bills paid but I also want to help people you know when it really should be 
something that is given to us in education, especially if it's as high level as being of service like we are. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm really excited about. And by the way, we should throw it out there, transformationalnutrition.com forward slash model. Model. And people could take the assessment and, uh, you know, possibly become a health coach and be able to work with me. So That's amazing. Which actually this is going to lead into um, what I, I was thinking about, which is investing in yourself. And over the years, um, just, you know, before all of this and just uh, when you were still finding yourself, the, you know, the 5.0 Sean that you are now, but back then where you would, I would wake up in the morning and you had been up for hours, like studying nutrition. Like, I don't even know for hours and you would just sit there in front of the computer and you're studying and you you had all these notes written. I mean, I, I remember when we moved, we had like boxes on them <laughs> of all these notes that you've written and, and just like diving into this passion. And I didn't know why, or in my head, I'm like, why? <laughs> like mm -hmm. you were not, you were not, you were out of school already and you were just so digging deep into that. So when we talk about, um, investing in yourself and yeah. being better and stuff and and that self-care what what would you say would be important as far as like why is that important and how did you even get there like was it like a light bulb went off one day it's like from today I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna do this I'm not getting paid I don't even have clients I'm just gonna sit here and just learn about all this random health facts <laughs> all day, every day, like, where did that come from? The initial seed for that was definitely recovering my health, you know, and I, I started the beginning with my grandmother and instilling that seed of, of poor nutrition and poor health practices. And ultimately that culminated in my health breaking down and being diagnosed with this incurable spinal condition when I was just 20 years old. And I've really been thinking a lot about this lately and how a physician slash man, grown man, told me that I had the spine of an 80-year-old person and there's nothing I could do about it. Who does that? You know, it was so bleak and sent me on my way. And, but having that and coming a complete 180 in my life and being able to really take control of my health and to have the audacity to really focus on wellness and seeing myself get better and seeing that that condition no longer being a part of my life. Mm -hmm. And like we, you know, I got a scan done on my spine. What was it? Maybe two months ago now. Yeah, and yeah. my disc or just like you can see the light through it. It's <laughs> they're supple, juicy, you know, and that's not supposed to be possible in that paradigm. Yeah. So once I had that take place where I went from so-called incurable or impossible to radiant health, I wanted other people to experience the same thing. And I needed to learn what was actually going on. And also I needed to learn how to communicate it to people. And that just kind of set the, the template. That was the process that started to unfold. And there were pieces that came up gradually on the, along the way. What I knew first was fitness. And so when you met me, I was really studying fitness mm -hmm. and doing all these different workouts. And you know, you even got me one of my first fitness books. I did? Yeah, it was the uh, Gunnar Peterson. Oh yeah, you know? yes. And I so did. like utilizing these different tactics but ultimately I saw that my gift was in teaching people about nutrition. Like I would see that when I was working with clients in the gym, like, whoa, this is really the big thing. And then as more people with chronic health issues started to show up, 
you know, like Kathy was the very first person, mm. you know, with the fibroid tumors and working with her to reverse the issue completely where she didn't have to have the, um, uh, her, her uterus was going to be taken yeah. out. You know, she's going to have a complete, yeah. Um, yeah, man, that changed my life too. <laughs> yeah. And it just really opened me up and I, I became obsessed for sure to find out what the root cause is for these various conditions and what we can do to help people because it's usually it's not the health thing. It's not like having them do these five steps. Mm -hmm. It's getting them mentally to the place where they will actually do the five steps, yeah. you know? And so that's why, you know, that study was such a big thing for me. I wanted to become it. I wanted to be it so that it's every cell in my body has that data filed away and ready. Mm -hmm. And all I needed was the opportunity. That fire and drive is insane. Like that passion to learn that you have is, I, I don't, it, it, like it boggles my mind. <laughs> Cause you know, a lot of people, it's like, especially when you reach a certain level, you feel like, okay, I'm cool, I'm it. done, I made it. Everything's just, you know, normal. and you being so uncomfortable with being comfortable is it, it like <laughs> you're I'm the opposite so it's always hard for me to understand that but I admire that a lot about you for sure uh baby <laughs> um and so another thing I do want to talk about with the self-care um which obviously you being huge on, but then sometimes, you know, being an entrepreneur, dad, all these things, and and you go 100 just all the time traveling and, and everything that you're doing, sometimes that can, it, it can kind of slow down. So what have you learned, especially the last few months with, you know, um, what you, you know, things you want to do and, and get better on, or how do you want to... Um, just with your self-care, you know, what's next with that? Yeah, that's a great question because the past two weeks up until, you know, maybe a day or two ago was definitely like the busiest two weeks in my recollection of my yeah. life. And, you know, speaking events, the travel, uh, all the different shows, you know, all the different stuff with program launches and stuff with the, with the kids, the photo shoots. It was a lot, you know, and this is the thing. I used to think I was busy, you know, back in the day when we were, mm -hmm. you know, we live at the old house and you're talking about, you know, me studying, but I had all this time. That's what I was studying. I was busy, but it wasn't like all of these scheduled things that involve so many other people, a sense of immediacy, you know, and I'm very good about saying no, because we did a show on this too. And we'll put that in the show notes with, with James Altucher. We talked about the power of no and with Michael Hyatt as well. And so, and I'm in a place where I get to choose now because I've worked to the point where, and this is that saying, you know, work until you don't have to introduce yourself, <laughs> you know? So a lot of situations are presented to me now and I get to do the things that really feel good in my soul. And, and, and if it's not an absolute yes, a lot of times, you know, I can just easily say no. But with that said, still, my mission is very big. And there are a lot of things I want to accomplish. So I'm going to be on the move. I'm going to be crushing it. And with that said, the most important thing is when things are going on, you got a lot going on, is just to have some sense of normalcy. So my morning routine, staying pretty consistent where I get up, I'm drinking water, using the bathroom, reading and or meditation, 
because I I want to do both of those things, but I've lightened up a little bit so that one might not come into play. Like if I get a, get the reading done, I really get into a flow with the reading. I just let that be my meditation, you know, if that makes sense. Or if I just feel really compelled, like I need to meditate and not read today. So I might take a couple of things off my morning routine, but I still have a routine, if that makes sense. So that's really important. And for people with that to just also lighten up a little bit. And that's sometimes easier said than done, for real. Because there's so many things we can nitpick and mm-hmm. and point fingers at. But if we could just bring a sense of like, you know what, everything is okay. I know a lot of stuff, lots going on. If you could just remember and just bring yourself back to the present, just be like, man, you know what, everything is okay. Mm-hmm. Everything is okay. I don't have to do everything. You know, I miss several workouts, which I really don't do over this last two weeks. And, but I was like, you know what, let me, let me make this my workout. It's a mental workout, Mm -hmm. you know? And then the times when I am working out, like, let me be efficient. I don't need to beat myself to the ground. Let me do something that makes me feel good, you know? And just changing my perspective slightly about things. So I think that's a big thing as people evolve with their health journey is learning to be flexible. I think it, I, I don't think it could be overstated enough and having that audacity to just lighten up, be flexible, roll with the punches, but still make progress. Right, right. Um, so next up, I want to talk about relationships um, because oh, <laughs> I know that's honestly, I know that's one of um, thing you've mentioned time and time again on the show when we talk about like longevity, health, wealth, everything always has connection to relationships so um one of the things i one of the questions that i got and i was just like this is it and i would love i and i don't think we really even when i was going through my situations um i didn't really ask you i just was going through the trenches with it you did an episode of you know talking about recognizing relationships that you need to move on yeah i will put that in the show notes and in that episode, which I felt like you were just speaking to me, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure you were speaking to a lot of people yeah. on recognizing um, how the relationship that you outgrown. But what about relationships? And this is a thing we all know. I mean, we see Instagram posts all day long. You know, you are the five people you hang around with. Yeah. If you if you wanting to be better, we all know this to be true. And even you've done an episode about it. But how do we do this? So, like, because, okay, we know they're toxic. And sometimes yeah. they're not even toxic. And even it gets even more difficult when these are family members yeah. who are close to us, who are, I mean, we love them dearly, but either they're not even toxic, but they don't want to change and they are limiting us. And we need to be around people who are doing better. And so... How do how how did you deal with this? And I know you have, so but you mm-hmm. know I want you to yeah. talk about that. Well, first of all, when people show you who they are, believe them. When they show you who they are, believe them. And we tend to have very romantic ideas about our relationships, like you know this person's going to change if they j- you know just meet this if this thing happens or whatever some future thing instead of just acknowledging this is who this person is right now. And if this isn't a part of your story and your mission, the direction you want to go, we have to, it's really selfish, the reason that we don't let go of folks. Even though we're saying we want to get better, we want to have better relationships, it's selfish that we're doing that because we're oftentimes 
in fear of leveling up ourselves. Mm. You know, we'll point the finger at the person, but at the same time, what are you doing about it? Because you're really not about that life, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, that's what it really is. And so we also have to understand, you know, your family is not your only family. We truly are at most like 10th cousins, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we're humans and we, we are sharing the same basic, you know, 30,000, 25, 30,000 different genes. We're not that different. We're not that far apart. And there is a, there is a bigger family that's avail available for you, you know? And so we get caught up in this idea, you know, I, the family structure, I need to make sure that I basically run myself to the ground trying to prove that I'm a good son, even though my mother isn't really trying to have anything to do with me, or even though my mother is constantly, you know, judging me and tearing me down, or maybe she's abusive, whatever it is, you so, know. So, but what you're saying though, I mean, so I should tell my, like, you know, have this conversation with my mom, like, hey, you know, uh, I can't just be around you no more. You know, like, yeah. do we actually have the conversations? That's a good do question. we just kind of distance ourselves, kind of hoping they get the clue? Yeah, this is all, it, this is just like with, with diet and nutrition. It's all situation dependent and it's person True. dependent. Sometimes you can literally just distance yourself. You know, you don't have to return the calls or maybe you already aren't even really calling that much. But maybe, you know, you was doing the random check-in or whatever, you know, like you don't have to do that stuff. For me, I'm more of a person of the the, the conversation or yeah. confrontation, you yeah. know, but uh, in, a, in a way of love, you know, for me, because at the end of the day, we have to have standards. And I think it's most important to let the person know that you do love them and you do care about them, but you just cannot continue to subject yourself to the drama, especially if you have other people depending on you, you know? So for me, my highest priority are my two boys who are under my roof. And if I'm bringing people into their lives consciously who I know will hurt them, come on now, I'm, yeah. there's no way, there's no way. And I do also, we need to be clear too. Sometimes we're pointing the finger when it's really us who might be toxic. Mm. So we need to make sure that Amen. we are doing the work and actually showing up in that relationship as our, you know, as our better self to make sure that it's not us, you know, have you done what you need to do? And if you truly do want to be in a relationship with this person, have you done your part as well? You know, and so oftentimes, but that does not mean that you need to break yourself down to the ground in order to prove, right. but just being aware, ha asking yourself, have I actually been the person who I think I've been in this relationship. And if you have, and they are still hurting you and or bringing you down or bringing you negative energy, constantly gossiping, constantly pointing a finger about other people, hurting them, complaining, whatever, honor your standards, have the audacity to say, you know, enough is enough and let them be who they are. And here's the greatest gift. By you doing that, you are giving them the opportunity to realize like, okay, I have a loss of life now. Like I, I lost this person in my life because of the person I am. They might still be pointing fingers at you, but at some point they're going to, because all of us as we evolve, if they want to get better, the finger's ultimately gonna get pointed back at you. And by the way, you know that saying of like, when you point the finger, three more yeah, point back at I you. Yeah, I said that to you the other day. I didn't even know what that meant. I'm like, what's the three <laughs> fingers? I wanted to tell me that. If so, people who don't know this would buy, we're talking about physiologically, you know, your structure, anatomy, when you point your, pointer finger out your 
ring finger, your middle finger, pinky finger right. pointed back at you. It's so corny, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. You know, but ultimately they're going to have to face the mirror and realize, you know, there are things that I need to do to, to grow and elevate myself as well and be the example. You know, I go and prepare a place for you. You know, yeah. my father's house has many mansions. I go and prepare a place for you. Be the example, keep rising, keep elevating so you can reach a hand back when somebody is truly showing you that they want to rise up and be a part of your life. You right. know, for me, my door is always open, you know, outside of like some absolute atrocity taking place. But I, I believe in people, you know, I believe in people, but I will, I will acknowledge the facts and reality of <laughs> when you show me who you are, I'm going to believe it. Yeah, right? true. So. And I have to add, and this is kind of based on seeing your life with the different, with the relationships, even they might have completely disconnected, but they come back full circle, coming back and people coming back to you who actually, they just kind of went on their own and telling you like, hey, you know, thank you because, you know, this did such and such to me. I think that speaks to what you did when you, it wasn't like, cutting somebody off and moving on and still thinking about them like, yeah, they they are so negative. You always send so much more love to them. Um, and w the good that you're putting out there, not wishing anything bad yeah. for them and just like hoping for the best every time. And it would all it would come full circle back and just saying, oh, you weren't so bad. You were just ahead of your time. And I didn't know what you were doing, but now I see. So I've seen that in your life a lot, too. Yeah, that's true. You've yeah. been there. Yeah. Um, so in relationships, we're going to keep on moving a little bit with the relationships is when we talk about parenting and, I, you know, everybody who's listened to the show knows about how important family is to you and parenting as well. Can you talk a little bit about co-parenting, some of the lessons that you've learned along the way um, and uh, any advice that you might have for other parents who are ex experienced the co-parenting world? Because it can be very shifty and crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, I've never talked about this uh, on the show before, but, you know, by the time I was 20, I had two kids, you know, and this was kind of what was in a strange way expected of me. And it was because of the environment that I was in. You know, it was just a replay. My grandmother, my mother, having children young. And I had all this attention as well. And, but there's no, I didn't have any business. I was not stable as a human being. And having these, this kind of duality in this relationship, I, you know, I had a little girl and my, and my son Jordan. And ultimately, this co-parenting really came as a result in the great relationship we have now of me deciding to get better as a person. Mm. Because initially, especially if people are not together and you got two different households trying to raise the same child and not being on the same page, like ultimately you have to be a united front for that child or mayhem can ensue, you know, with this pointing fingers and the child manipulating because the kid just wants to be free and do what they want, just like any human would want to do. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to be a united front. And because I was such a just self-centered and, and hurt person, you know, and the, my aggressive attitude back then and just not really wanting to deal with trauma, so I would just not be a part of it. 
but I was the drama, you know, in a way. And so, uh, you know, like we, my son Jordan, his mother, um, she thought I was still that person even after I changed so much. And this is like, you know, five, six years later, you know, when mm -hmm. Jordan's like, you know, six, seven, eight years old and she's still coming at me like with the with the craziness, you know, and it was just out of like, she thought she knew who I was and she had all the right to. But what I did and what I would encourage other people to do is to be honest with themselves and ask, are you being the type of person that can heal a relationship, you know, because this was something bigger. This isn't just like, peace out, not gonna talk to you anymore. <laughs> this is my son's mother, you know, and so, even when she would have those negative dispositions towards me in whatever small conflict, I had to stay calm and come back to her with love and gratitude because I know what it's, what it's taken for her to be a mom under those conditions. And even though she's in a, a new relationship, still having that hole in her heart, you know? Mm. And so I really had to create a space for her to be upset and to know that I still care about her and I still love her and I still respect her. And so it took several times and it was not easy. And it's very difficult when you think, oh, they're disrespecting me. You can't do that. And putting your ego in check and just understanding where that person's coming from and try to find a bridge and uh, a place for us to connect. And so now today we have the yes. best relationship, you know, it's a united front. And, you know, so our co-parenting co is pretty simple. Like we agree. <laughs> on everything you know what I'm yeah. if it's about the betterment of the child you know we come together we we do talk about various things and just make sure that we're in agreement you know yeah so. and, and yeah and shout out to asia because she's it, it's it's it it, it 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 was looking a little crazy there in the beginning but i think both of you to both you guys putting your egos aside and seeing jordan's needs and his well-being first was like the best thing that you know both of you guys have ever done i really feel that me doing that process and, and really manning up but it wasn't about oh, i'm gonna be tougher now it was being more compassionate and sensitive and patient allowed for him to live with me you know that was the greatest gift hands down that i've ever prayed for and receiving was him coming to live with us. You know, this was starting in seventh grade and now he's about to graduate <laughs> oh high school. Gosh. And also there was a feeling tone with, within her. She knew that the best thing was for him to be with me. And it's because of the person that I became. And it was largely for him, you know, and I'm just, it, it is literally like the, the greatest gift to be able to wake up and to see him and to, and to be there for him and to, uh, to be that firsthand model for my son. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love you, Jordan. Um, so next up I want to talk about, and this is going to get a little lighter now, is what advice do you have for couples who work together? Ooh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what you got to say about that? Oh, man. <laughs> well, we can't say that this, you separate the two. It just, that's, yeah, that's silly. You know, uh, I think it's understanding that it's really about integration, not separation. You know, being able to gracefully integrate the work side and the the relationship love side. Mm -hmm. 
And I think in the beginning, we just, I think we missed out on the respect and appreciation for what the person does. You know, I really didn't know. I knew you were doing all this stuff behind the scenes, you know, like all these calls you were on and <laughs> website stuff. And, and then for me, you see the end result. Like you see me on stage or you see the episode or whatever, but not really knowing what goes into it. But you knew from back in the day, like how much I invest. But now because you're busy building this and I'm busy building this for us to come together, for us to talk, to share, you know, what we're, what we're up to, even for us to ask questions. You know, I love when I leave the studio and you're like, so how was the show? You know, and it's just like, it feels good because you care, you know, and I can talk about it and, you know, share the excitement or whatever I might've learned myself or, you know, and it just feels good. And so um, that's number one is, is taking time to acknowledge the other person and what they're doing. Number two, <laughs> this is again with the integration. Guys, listen, what? you gotta understand, it's, it's never good enough, all right? What? I'm just gonna throw this -uh. out here. I'm just gonna throw it out here, all right? <laughs> Even when you think you're on top of your game, you're not, hey. all right? You need to step it up, all right? <laughs> so, just I don't I can't get complacent with you and it's actually a gift I might fight it at the time you know and thinking like man I'm killing it I'm killing it but I'm, I'm so grateful because you keep me you keep me checked you keep me grounded knowing like no there's another level and you're not intentionally doing this yeah, you're just being you and being the person who I want to hold me accountable to make me the best me possible and so you do we, like we have plenty of comfort time and, and love time and lovey lovey Mm -hmm. But you also, you know, with the way that you carry yourself in these moments, like you let me know, like, I, I need to get better. You know? Yeah. So, and I would imagine there's some of that for from your side too. Yeah. 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 I think that when the respect level, I, you really hit it because I, I feel that's one of the biggest conflicts that we have because it's like, you don't know what I've been doing all day and, you know, and, and vice versa. And we... We do take that for granted, and I think that just to be able to check the, the check-in of, hey, just what did you do today or getting that rundown. But I feel like in the past, and hopefully getting better, is you are not as intimidated to talk to me because you did not expect me to tell you a to-do list, right? <laughs> I'm not going to give you a to-do list if you talk to me, so yeah. don't be afraid. With that's a perfect segue into another tip here is understanding how the other person operates, mm. right? So when we would have meetings, and this is even recent, by the way, yes, still learning and and and, and honoring this. Mm -hmm. But in the meeting, you would tell like give because you're at like you're a, a orchestrated structure person, yeah. So you've got the core thing, and then you've got like a mind map and all the pieces and steps that need to get done. You're like, this is beautiful, right? Like. But then you'll want to give me every single one of these parts <laughs> and I'm an execution person. I see the thing and I'm like, Let's all right, go. let me let me go execute. Let me do this. But you're like, wait, I need to tell you about these other 17 things. And it will overload me. And I, you know, he's got this place where and then, of course, I start getting like irritable and you're getting irritable. Yeah, because I feel that. Why if, won't you if, listen? No, because I'm like, if I don't give you the other 17, then you're not going to know that it's not complete. So you yeah. can go and 
you know, relax. You cannot relax just yet. You got 17 more pieces and we need to get those done. But patience, I'm really learning that. And also like the respect to respect you and what you just did. Like if you've been touring, doing all these events, just remembering that before me trying to overload you and just basically it's almost vomit and just like just go by <laughs> all the things that I want to share with you and what you need to do so I think that's something that I'm learning now more of for sure yeah and in those moments when I'm feeling like that and me letting you know mm-hmm. using my words use your <laughs> words Sean be like you know what I'm really this is can we just take a break now you know this is this is already a lot Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. also, you know, you have an audacity to listen in to this listen. moment and not be like, you little. <laughs> no, I would better, not. <laughs> you better step it up. And oh. the same thing for you, you know, and me honoring and understanding like she needs to she needs to get some of these out. She needs to get them out of her mind and out <laughs> into the world. She needs to say her words. So for me to be patient and to listen and uh, but also for both of us coming into it, understanding like you give me a few things. I listened to a few things and now we can go to work and we can come back again, but we wouldn't want to come back because of the drama, mm-hmm. you know, potentially that could take place. And not throwing in the towel. Yeah. Yeah. Not giving up. Well, which is pretty much me more than you. Cause I go to the extreme of being, just forget it. Just never mind. Do oh, what you're doing. Yeah. I'm confessing on, on the show. I'm confessing. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm Hail learning. Mary's right here. Whatever. <laughs> Um, so oh wait before you go to the next question okay go ahead uh, earlier you talked about romance and kind of seeing this romance thread in me Mm -hmm. and speaking of that I want to ask folks have you ever have you ever had the experience of like sleeping in a romance movie listen no follow me follow me our sheets all right, people don't understand. Right? <laughs> you, because you are here now, you get to say this, like those attitude sheets. You know, I, I wrote an international best-selling book on sleep wellness. And so we, we take it pretty seriously. You mm-hmm. know, like we, we love our sleep. It's like, yes, like we're about to, we're about to get it on. It's about to be, you what? know. I'm, I'm just saying, it's, it's a beautiful experience. And these sheets, PG. I'm talking about with, with, the she- with the sleep. Okay. All right, we're about to get on with the sleep. You know, whatever, but uh, but these sheets, it's like literally sleeping in the notebook movie, right? But the good parts, not when they're separated, but when they get together, right? <laughs> in the rain, but it's not wet though, in the soggy sheets, never mind. So it's like sleeping in a romance movie, you know, it feels so good. And so listen, and I've talked about attitude before on the show, it's been a little bit, but we literally every day, we had to get multiple like, four you know so we always are rotating them because at first we only had one set and then we shift back to the whatever sheets and it was like sleeping first of all it was like sleeping on a cloud then it was like when we get the other sheets on there the off-brand whatever yeah it was like it was like sleeping on hay like i felt like this is what i might as well be in a barn right this is just how i felt or like little little sawdust (laughs) You know, it just like, it didn't feel good on my skin. You know, I'm being, I was like, is it that serious, Sean? But here's the thing. Number one, these are free from harmful chemicals, irritants, allergens, 
and they're antimicrobial fibers, all right? Self-deodorizing, they inhibit bacterial growth because that's a big issue with mm. your bedding. And they're breathable and moisture wicking. So you don't get overheated like you do with typical sheets as well. So it leaves your skin feeling cool, thermal regulating, top quality. And this is, bam this is bamboo, lyocell. Mm. This is literally, we talk about Egyptian cotton, a 300, 300 count, which is these attitude sheets, 300 count organic bamboo lyocell is as fine as 1000 count Egyptian cotton, but only consumes one third of the water to make them and no harmful chemicals. So it's good for our skin, it's good for our sleep, good for the planet. And by the way, guys, you get an exclusive 10% off. They now have US uh, warehouse. Oh, so you don't wow. have to wait for shipping because it's an Australia-based yeah. company. Now they've relocated. They've got uh, a, a, a warehouse here in the US so you can get them even faster. Go to attitude.com forward slash model. That's E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com forward slash model. You get 10% off any and all of the sheets. And you also get a 100-night trial with no risk. So sleep on it, think on it, dream on it. If you don't love it, send it back, and they'll give you a full refund, which you're not going to do. You're going <laughs> to love it. So attitude.com forward slash model for 10% off. Attitude sheets. Just drop a little, what do you think of them? Um, no, they're amazing. Like, they... We don't we don't use any of the sheets at the house. Yeah. That's pretty much it. I we wash this. If there's none available, I will wash them before putting any other on. None. We don't we don't Forget use that. about it. Nope. Upgrade. So yeah. All right. So Their let's, life. Let's uh, jump back into your questions. Yes. So um, we're gonna move on to mindset. All right. Because obviously mindset being a huge part with our health and up leveling all areas of our life um a lot of people listening know about your story your back situation of all the struggles that you went through and then having this epiphany moment where the clouds parted and you decided to mm -hmm. um change your life everything about you and i was sitting there at the um san francisco um, event with ET and just like listening to everyone and just all these amazing speakers and, and their struggles and to the, and now they are amazing in what they do and successful, including you, you were up there. And I wanted to ask you guys, but I didn't get a chance to, and obviously this is a good opportunity, is that part where you decided, just like all the other people you've interviewed on the show, um, there's this single moment where they switched over or they n not another day or can you take us through that moment because I feel a lot of people every day they're wanting better it's like okay I'm gonna go through through it I'm gonna listen I'm gonna eat right all these things that we have and then we're not following all the way through after speaking to all these amazing people and being with them some of them are your friends including yourself that decision part that you always talk about I want you to like dissect let's take a magnifying glass and like really go in there and let's talk about that or if not like the aftermath of that decision 
and that follow through where people are missing because why am I not standing up there? Why is not 200 people, one of them, why are they not making that true decision so that they can get up there and inspire others and like really live the life that they're meant to? There's something that's really missing with us. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it starts with when you make a decision to change your life, it's coupled with an immediate change in your identity. And that's very difficult because you're changing who you are. And so for me, and you know, like you said, I've shared this several times, but it's a little bit different in this context, but the word decision is from the Latin day, which means from, and kaidir, which means to cut, right? So when you decide, you cut away that other thing permanently. You cut away the possibility of anything else except the thing you've decided on having, doing, being, whatever the case might be. And for a lot of us, we think we decide, but we're not really deciding. It's more like, I hope this works, you know, or I, I, I'm gonna try. And it's like that Yoda, you know, you do or you don't, there is no try. And so when you have the audacity to make a decision, I think it's important to to realize what comes along with that. It's sort mm -hmm. of like deciding that you're a tooth, br uh, somebody brushes your teeth or not. It's like that. You either do or you don't, right? Yeah. I'm somebody who brushes my teeth or I'm, I'm somebody who, and you kind of fill in the blank. So if you're deciding to really take control of your health and to, to be a healthy person, you're deciding that this is who I'm shifting my identity to. So I'm the type of person who eats healthy food. I'm the type of person who exercises. I'm the type of person who gets plenty of rest and recovery. I'm the type of person fill in the blank. So when you decide something, I think it's a good idea to know what it entails. Like mm -hmm. with that being said, you're not going to know all the steps because I definitely didn't know what that meant, mm -hmm. but I knew that I was willing. So there's a willingness to change your identity, to mm -hmm. take that uh, another micro step back. And this is fully in our control, our willingness to do what is necessary. Most of the time, again, when we're just wishing for something or hoping for something, we're still pointing the finger and kind of waiting for some outside force to save us. And with the willingness then um, resolve that part of our brain, which is like, how am I going to get there? How did you get these resources like to get from one step to the next step? Like, does that, I guess, is it you attracting yeah, that's a part. So with the willingness, it's I will figure it out. You know, so that decision cutting away for me it was like, come what may, I don't care what happens. I'm going to figure this out because obstructions are going to happen. Absolutely. Um, but just to, to talk about what you just mentioned, will you attract it? When you change your identity, you naturally start to see different things in your in your mm -hmm. environment. You know, it's just even if we're not getting into the science and quantum physics and all that stuff, just it's a natural change in what you're attuned to, you know. So um, this concept that we've had Lisa Nichols on the show, yes. for example, and, and talking about this universal law of attraction, you know, it's really a little bit deeper than what we see on the surface. You know, like I, I'm wishing for this thing or mm -hmm. I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I get some money or a relationship or whatever but it's what it's it's a change in your brain because what you're focused on expands mm. you know the parts of your brain particularly cortex is constantly scanning your environment for whatever whatever it is that you perceive to be as important what you're holding top of mind but the issue is you also have the subconscious mind and you have the unconscious mind as well 
So it has to be deep enough driven in that belief or that desire to uplevel your life that you affect all three of those things. So number one, it can be affected through repetition. So when the hard thing happens, you figure it out, you get over it, you build muscle and you keep doing that. Or it comes through an emotionally charged event, can really sink deep into your psyche. And all of us know this, we really remember the most amazing moments of our life and we remember the most terrible moments. Like they're very visceral. Yeah. So if you can orchestrate, consciously orchestrate potentially, or get yourself in an environment where something special can happen, that can really change. This is why I encourage people so much to go to live events. But it's like, we make all these stories up about why we can't do a thing. And so it's really not that urgent. It's not that important for you to be, to be real about it. And so for me, it was an emotionally charged event. I had really two options that I saw at the time. Either I just give up and I'm just gonna be this person until I die and I didn't really care necessarily if I lived or died. And, or I'm going to be the person that my son needs me to be, that my daughter needs me to be. I need to be that, that model for them and do whatever it takes to really step into my greatness. I'm going to be the person that my grandmother knew I would be and how she would always let me know that I was special and to really show her that, yes, you were right, you know? She was there with tears, you know, in my, grad, yeah. my high school graduation. I was like, it's so embarrassing. Why is this such a big deal, you know? And when I, when I went to college, you know, same thing. And I'm the first person in my family to graduate, you know, from a, a, a university. And changing the script, she saw it in me, you know? And so stepping into that, when you make that decision, you need to give it legs. And the more legs that you can give it, the more stable it's going to be, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So my kids, my grandmother, my potential, my health, my, my wellness, my desire to live life, you know, like I was not living. And I just kept stacking it and stacking it. And with that attraction, like you mentioned, the right books started coming around, the right resources. First, it was slim fast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Commercial hit me up first. Like, just drink, you know, yeah, one of Don't forget your Subway, too. Oh, that's when I met you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still doing that healthy. It was that healthy Subway. <laughs> Even though they go get the, the chicken out, it's like, oh. it looked like a... What part of the chicken is the... Is this a baseball bat? Because it looks like a little <laughs> baseball bat in some murky water. You know, you put that on there and I get the whole wheat bread. But it's levels to this. You know, I didn't have... I was doing a lot of things yeah. right, though. You know, I was... Um, you know, getting the whole foods, upgrading the ingredients and things I was doing, but it just was a steady incline because I wanted more and I, I, and I tended to attract that. Mm, awesome. Yeah, that, that really spoke to me. Um, I always wondered that when you would talk about it and I was like, no, we need to go deeper, but that really, it makes more sense. And hopefully people are going to take some more because I did. So um, next thing I want to talk about is more of the mindset when it comes to social media and um we have this idea now like we can be whatever we want to be we could do whatever we want to do and we're receiving so much information coming in mm -hmm. and now more than ever everybody wants to start their own business pursue, pursue their passion and all of this and and we are having great examples right now literally in our handset. Um, but with that comes the 
comparison mm. um, where we start to feel down on ourselves, where we it's actually affecting us negatively more than positively to you know, to inspire us. It starts to take away from that. What would you, and then now and then on top of that, we have, everybody's an influencer and and influencing about every single thing. So I want to hear your take on if it's advice or even just like your thoughts on this, because it's getting to be so it's getting to be so noisy. And now we people are losing out on their inspiration, their dream and, and going after that or following people that are not even about their life per se. Uh, and you've done a really good job in staring clear out of that because you're just being you, you know what I mean? And uh, I love that one post that you did the other day and, and just really talking about that being 100% authentic to you and just what you do. So I want you to speak a little bit about that. Uh, that's a big question. Sometimes I wonder, you know, if I if we had this kind of access when we were kids, like what would yeah. I be? Who would I be? It's such a complex terrain now, and it's just a part of the culture, you know. And so I'm coming into this very much more aware with my youngest son, Brayden, and even with Jordan, who's now 18. Like having a progressive on ramp with him, like he was probably the last person to get a phone <laughs> in his class, you know. But I'm not saying that's the right thing, but just having this awareness you know, and him respecting. So even we, and we don't talk about this now, but you know, a lot of times Jordan will be upstairs with us. His room is downstairs at the house, but and his phone will be in his room, yeah. you know, like he's there with us. And it's because of the culture that we've created. So first of all, it's creating a culture within your, with yourself and with your household and understanding what real life is, you know, mm. because we're not in ready player one. You know what I'm saying? Like you gotta do stuff if you're going to be successful and be happy, because that's fake in a way. Like that's a temporary, uh, in many ways, it's a romantic, idealistic world or a strange world. And when people are putting their highlights and it's not necessarily what's really happening, you know? And also for you to feel fulfilled, you're going to need to serve. You're gonna to need to do something to bring value to the world. That's really where you find fulfillment ultimately. And I think everybody at some point is gonna to come to that place and realize that and so with social media, I think the most important thing is to be honest. Just be honest. Go through your go through your fault, the people you're following, and just be like, does this person make me feel good? Or do they make me feel, you know, am I having negative vibes coming off of this, you know? And it's okay to unfollow them, you know, even if it's a friend from work or whatever, you know, Rebecca, you know, I'm <laughs> sorry, just unfollow, it's okay, you know. If she takes it personally, or I, first of all, I don't think she's checking for you like that, mm -hmm. you know, but if she takes it personally, just the, Rebecca's already, you know, she, she's she's tripping anyway. So, you know, might as well give her a reason. And shout out to anybody named Rebecca. No disrespect. It's just a name that popped into my head. Um, we There's a Rebecca we love, you know, yes. by, by the way. Um, so that's number one is cleansing your feed right? Doing, doing a reboot of your feed so that you have that people. And I would consolidate it a little bit, you know? So I'm a very big fan and so, so are you and just kind of how we came up, being able to focus on one person and their teaching, you know, yeah. whether it's their books, their lectures, whatever, getting the majority of my spiritual food from, you know, somebody and not like 25 different people, 
you know. And I think that that can help you to really immerse and really create more change with that mm -hmm. psychology we're talking about, that repetitive, you know, getting deeper to your subconscious, your unconscious. If you choose somebody to really follow, follow them, you know, so maybe this is the, the only person that you subscribe to their notifications, you know, when they post or, you know, like you spend more time checking them and following them than other people, if that makes sense. So I think that's important. And also I think that a really good attitude to carry into social media in the first place is one of appreciation and of, of respect and gratitude because it's a very easy medium to feel jealousy, to feel envy, to feel like you missed out on something or you're not enough. All these kind of negative tones because we see somebody else, especially when you feel like, oh, that could have been me or yeah. why can't I do that? And so we've had an example literally today, you know, you let me know some somebody that, you know, I've been, uh, you know, kind of had on my list to do something with. And I kind of saw like a vision of it, like, oh, yeah. this would be awesome if this. And then I see somebody else had made that connection and they did it, you know, uh, with this person. And you were like, bad news, you know, yeah. guess what? And I was like, no, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. And I, I, I like felt maybe like immediately my, my first response was that's awesome. And that's when I know I've grown because before mm -hmm. it would be like that first, like, oh, that I should have did that. Mm. You know, I had the idea first, whatever it is. And then I check myself like, no, nah, man, this is beautiful. This is about growth and love and helping other people. It doesn't have to be through me, you know? And so having that be my first response when I saw it, and then I looked at myself like, wait a minute, you're not feeling some kind of way about this? It's like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm actually like, this is really awesome. And then when you brought it to me, you know, that's where I was like, am I really about that life? Because mm. I want to shut it down before you even said yeah, anything to I, make I me think about it deeper, yeah. you know? Um, because it's like that outside, like you have that outside perspective of like, well, that should have been you. So that's another level where I got to check myself and do my work. And again, have this level of gratitude and appreciation and and love, you know, when you're approaching your social media. Mm. Yeah, I was hoping you would talk about that. Rowan Sinker, I love that. Um, and actually, this goes into the next question. I, it's a subpar of uh, mindset. You know, when we talk about all of this stuff with social media, it, this also leads to confidence. And um, you're one of actually the most comfortable confident person I know uh, and it's not in a bragging way or where you are you know tooting your own horn <laughs> or making somebody feel like uncomfortable about it it's very healthy and I'm just so glad that our sons get to experience that and pick up from that in however they can how did that actually develop if you can remember or any tips on people like us out yeah. here on um, developing a good sense? Because we are living in a time where it's the the one time you try and teach your own horn, somebody wants to quickly shut you down or yeah. why are you talking about yourself? And you even experienced that in, in yeah. your life a time or 10 where somebody's like, oh, Sean, Sean thinks he's all that because yeah. of A, B, and C. And how did that affect you? Because that obviously did yeah. not affect you much to the point where you did not 
follow through with your goals and your dreams and stuff. So Yeah, that's such a good question. And that example you're talking about, you got to ask yourself. I mean, even when these things happen, it's just an opportunity to ask, you know, but also don't be drunk off of people's praise and also don't be drunk off of their neg negativity. It's easy to get wrapped up. I'm very much now willing to accept and receive the, the, the good messages, the compliments, the feedback, you know, and also the whatever seemingly negative thing, like to ask a question, is this true? And so in that, in that instance, you were talking about this is like 10, 12 years ago, whatever yeah. it was, um, you know, I'm doing, I knew that I, I wanted to help people. I was about service. And I remember at that time, because it really questioned it, you know, I would be speaking and we had all of these people and, and I can I be honest? I felt that I was like, oh, don't talk about yourself. You shouldn't. I mean, I think you're great, but don't do it. Yeah. Like, just stay a little bit. Bring it really back in. Like, I felt I sh you shouldn't just to protect you in yeah. a sense, which was I'm glad you never listened so to perfect. me too. It's so perfect because I was sharing my story. Yeah, I was sharing my perspective. And that's what most people are afraid to do. And I was afraid to do it. You know, it, no, 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 let me take that back. Um, prior to going through the stuff, I was afraid to open up and share. But after I got well, I wanted to tell everybody. So part of that confidence comes from me being told I have an incurable condition to be being a radically healthy individual, mm -hmm. right? And knowing that this is possible. I want people to know, right? And so as I opened up and started to share my story, I didn't think anything of it. You know, I was just like, it was different because I am talking about myself. I'm like, okay, well, this is, I need to share this because people need to know. And so, yeah, I got face to face with that to really check myself and to see, is this, should I be using myself as an example? Yeah. Right. And so I would even share with people who were working with us at the time, like, I want to see you up there. I want to see you on the stage in front of people mm -hmm. sharing your story. You know, mm -hmm. I want you to do that. But everybody's just kind of pushing me like, no, nah, no, nah, we're we're good. You know, like you, you just do it. But then somebody's back here, this little creeper getting <laughs> in and like whispering in their ear. Why is Sean talking about himself? Why? Why is Sean up there teaching everybody? Why not you? You know, <laughs> and <laughs> ultimately they had a decision to make to understand, like, is why is why is Sean doing this? And for me, it was literally all and this is at that time in my life when it was all about everybody else. And I kind of reluctantly jumped up and stood in front of everybody to say it because I wanted to tell people like one-on-one, -on -one, you know, like how powerful they are. Mm -hmm. But now like I'm putting myself out there. And when you do that, you, you got to understand, you might get a couple arrows, right? Mm -hmm. But you're Ace Ventura, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? You remember the scene he got hit with the arrows? I don't know, somebody's going to get this, <laughs> you know? And you're going to be all right, all right? And... So, but developing this, I wouldn't have known this confidence thing. You, it was even like recently when you said yeah. it to me, I thought nothing of it. I never thought about it. And I think that the biggest catalyst in, in carrying that sense of confidence and sense of self was when I, when I fully gave myself permission to be me. Mm. And I knew that no matter what I do, nobody is going to be me. I'm being fully, authentically myself and people are going, you know, like this is what you're going to get presented with. So there's no need for me to hide from it. You know, especially if you don't have anything to hide, mm. it's so freeing. You know, if you don't have to like try to prove yourself, 
I got over that, you know, of like, I need to prove myself to such as, I've been in some situations, like with the, like E, you know, E.T., yes. he's the number one speaker in the world. He's number one by far. For me to be put on a stage with him, like part of the family, like I could easily be questioning myself, mm -hmm. you know, and questioning my confidence, but I literally not once did that. I knew that they chose me, they reached out to me because of who I am. Just be who you are. Just continue to be who you are and give from your heart the way that you've been doing and all is well. The mission is going to be in front of you. Just keep moving forward. So that's the two parts. Number one is, um, you know, having a, 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 a radical situation happen where I was brought from this sense of disbelief to belief. So I had this sense of power that people can sense. And the second thing was giving myself permission to be fully me. Mm. I think that great confidence comes from that, from being authentically yourself. That's so good. So good. Oh, my goodness. I, I can't, I'm going to have to listen to this again so I can take my own notes. Um, so one of the things I want to talk about, which, well, you did kind of cover that, so I won't go into that, is uh, your sense of, and my mom, this was my mom's question, and she, she was like, I, just, I, I want to understand more, and she's been a meditator all her life. She's like, but I've never met someone who has such a calm sense of self. Like you're, you're, you're so calm in even very crazy situations. And we've been with or highly stressful situations. And you actually also make me feel it's okay. Like, let me calm down because I'm quick to freak out about it. But you just your energy of just being really calm and collected makes me feel more confident <laughs> like we gonna be all right yeah. where does that come from it comes from your mom you know, she's the <laughs> you know with her teaching uh teaching me meditation and the way that she did and um the love that she expressed what i saw in her is a sense of presence and just like such elegance and grace and beauty and just i i wanted some of that to rub off on me too you know right uh, looking back on it, but it was through that practice, you know, because again, I was very like irritable, like, you know, just kind of impatient person. And it was that practice and it was healing. It's so funny because that meditation that really stuck with me because she taught in that initial class with seven different meditations. But the one that stuck with me was the the heart chakra, right? Yes. The Anahata yeah. meditation. And it's about attention need. That's what blocks it. Right. According to this system, you know, yes. and or or it's about love. Right. And I definitely this was blocked for me, for sure, because of that attention. need. Like I literally I lost everything. You know, I didn't have a mom checking on me when I, you know, when I was down and out and I didn't have my health. Matter of fact, my mom stole from me, you know, and just disappeared. And um, so I did in the attention that I small attention I was getting from, you know, girls, like it was toxic. And also from my grandmother, I didn't want it because I felt like embarrassed, yeah. you know? So it's not that I didn't have any attention. It's just not, it wasn't, it wasn't healthy the way that I was responding to it. So anyways, I realized that the, the attention that I really needed was from me, 
you know, to give myself the attention, to, to love myself, to, to give myself permission to be, you know, to do this practice and potentially get better for other people. You know, it shifted this attention need off of me onto love and other people. And you are a big expression of my love and all the people that I wanted to serve, you know. And so it really came from her, you know, just mm -hmm. this time of being by myself, being present, not being, because a lot of us are afraid to be by ourselves, mm -hmm. you know. And I think that I, I came to understand that I'm not really by myself, you know, I'm not really alone. And that even as I'm meditating, I'm bringing, I'm, I'm changing the energy on the planet in my own little way, you know. And so it's just like it became something that, and so in those situations like you're talking about, and there's been many, mm -hmm. I literally, thanks to what she taught me and me waking up and realizing I'm not just this. Yeah. And I can have a balanced perspective. Even when the negative thing happens, sometimes, of course I get, you know, whatever my feelings sometimes, but quickly, like I realize, okay, this is what this is, what this is for. Mm -hmm. This is actually a blessing. This is a gift here somewhere. Or, you know, whatever this particular thing going on, the intensity of the situation, this too shall pass. Like yeah. all these little things, I am it. I am it because I did the work. And all of us can do this. You know, it just, it's, this is why it's called a practice, you know, a meditation practice. And I took that, what I was taught, you know, sitting on the, on the floor, bringing it to life and making it a practice in the moment, because it's very difficult to retain a sense of compassion when somebody's flipping out <laughs> at the, at the kid's birthday party, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Trying to smack a ball out there. your hand, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and just these crazy things that might take place. And I'm so grateful, you know, if it wasn't for her, you know, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be who I am. Yeah. Uh, when she said that, it quickly reminded me, because again, it's great speaking to the different people in our life, because I do take that for granted because I'm around you a lot. And it quickly reminded me when we had the interview at Ed Milet's and that's what he was saying, how you just had you just had this sense um, of calmness that you made him calm and more collected. And and I was like, oh, wait, yeah, he does that for me. And with everybody around you, you just automatically make somebody like, okay, just chill out. Just bring it down two notches. So it's it's, it's really awesome. Shout out to moms. Um, so I want to move to the last leg, which is just um, the Model Health Show. Yeah. And, um, and this question... Uh, actually, shout out to Delisa. I know she's going to be listening. And this question was about the Model Health Show, which was, how has your vision of the show evolved since episode one to episode 307 <laughs> at this point? Probably it's 312 yeah. when they listen. But This is such a good <laughs> question. You know, I got to be real. Like, when we first started this, my vision was this. Mm. It is bigger than this. Right out of the gate, I had the grandiose vision of like, I knew how important this was. I knew that this can be the biggest show in the world. You know, in the U.S., we think it's the world, but it has been yeah. number one in the U.S., <laughs> you know. And shout out to everybody listening in, in other countries right now. Uh, but I just knew because of the intent, because of how much I cared, and because of what I was willing to put into it. And I knew that people could pl click play on an episode and have their life transformed. You know, if somebody's struggling with type two diabetes, we have a masterclass on that. 
There's no way they cannot click play, listen to that episode and not walk away feeling empowered. Understanding exactly how to reverse engineer this condition. Where, how did it happen? This is not something typically you could sit down with your physician and they're going to walk you through it. Mm. This is what I was doing on a daily basis in my office was walking people through the illness so they understand it. Yeah. And immediately it takes away the mystery and the fear once you understand what a thing is. And so having that as a template and but it didn't start it didn't start right off the 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 bat having the greatest you know, guests on the show as well, you know, and my show is kind of unique because I do these master classes myself. And then we do, you know, about 60, 70% interviews with the top people in the world in their respective fields. Right off the gate, at the time, back in the, before this, I mean, years before the show even started, I, I would listen to lectures from, you know, Dr. Daniel Goleman, you know, it transformed my life, listening to him speak about social intelligence and emotional intelligence. He literally wrote the book on it. I didn't have him as my first guest. My first guest was a, a bronze medal winner, not even the gold. She won bronze in a rare synchronized swimming. I didn't even know that was a thing, but she had a story to tell and it was a great episode. This is very, very early on. And from there, it just continued. Like I just took those steps, you know, it was like proximity equals power, right? Proximity equals power. So getting started, Knowing the intention, knowing the vision, and continuing to walk towards that. That's really the key. No matter what was going on in my life, and you know, like a lot of things has happened. Amazing things and also some really tough things. I showed up, I prepared, and I executed to give the very best that I have to offer at that time to help people, yeah. you know, to give them the definitive guide on whatever that is. And so, yeah, unfortunately, you know, I got to work some kinks out prior to starting the Model Health Show, being the kind of the face of a different podcast you know, for about a year and a half and, you know, understanding the behind the scenes pieces a little bit and really focusing in on what my gift is, you know. So uh, my vision is is grand, you know. Um, it, to say, to have a, a, a show that's actually focused on health and fitness, like literally focus on true health and wellness, mm -hmm. to be in the top, what I think we've been in the top 60 of all of the over half a million podcasts, you know, like, that's very rare. And my vision's bigger than that, you know, to, to make health popular and to make it fun and to make it engaging and to make it something that you feel like, oh yeah, like this yeah. is, this feels good. You know, that's really, that's really where it starts. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, and w which actually leads to the next question, which is after all these episodes, um, all the grind and everything, what's been your greatest lesson through this entire journey and obviously it doesn't sound like you're done because this is just the beginning by the way as we both know um so far what's been your greatest lesson through all of this wow that that's a tough question greatest lesson has been so many uh two things jumped to mind really quick one of them is to uh never be content you know there's always another level like you teach me anyways yeah. in my life <laughs> Whatever. um but to continue to strive towards greatness there's been some great absolutely great masterpiece things created and to not settle, you know, but with that, you have to be careful. It's a, it's a thin line between, you know, content and, and joyous, I guess, you know, mm -hmm. to be, to be grateful. Right. So I'm grateful, but I'm not done. I'm not content. So that's one. And also 
I would say that probably a great le- a great lesson from just going through this and the and, and the grind behind the scenes is to maintain my standards. You mm-hmm. know, to really it, again whatever obstruction might show up in my way, I have to have the audacity to maintain my high level of standard because this isn't just about me. You know, this is about, you know, millions of people potentially, you know, and I I take that very seriously. I take that, you know, because I care. And that's that kind of secret ingredient that anybody can have access to. You can be greater in whatever field or work you're doing if you just bring that vitamin C, A, R, E. You bring that care bear to it. You know, like you can up level your, your, not just your, you know, your revenue and that kind of thing, but also your impact. You know, you can make a permanent impact on some, you just had an experience with an inspector for our our other house, you know, and just like, he took it so seriously and he was such a a guru with his inspection. You know, it was hours and hours, like something that could have literally been Mm -hmm. 30 minutes. He spent three, four hours you know, because he cared that much and it left a permanent implant or imprint on like what it can look like for somebody to be a guru in that, in that field. So uh, that's what the two big things would be, big lessons. Um, number one, don't be content. And number two is to continue to maintain my standards. Um, as we wrap up and uh, so many amazing questions and stuff that it's so weird when you think you know someone, you know, <laughs> rarely know them. So I'm learning a lot. Uh, one of the questions that I get asked a lot, and I'm pretty sure you do too, so might as well share it, is, you know, a lot of people listening have, you know, their goals and dreams and things that they want to accomplish, businesses, hobbies, whatever it is, and they feel the significant other is not... Mm-hmm on board or how how did you get them on board with your vision even that's your significant other your family family member or your friends or whatever it is because you've gone through this and so many other people are and have all these amazing ideas and things to share with the world but they just feel nobody's with them anything to take away with for them yeah you know, we directly had this. <laughs> it's yes. our, this is our thing, but it wasn't even true. The story I was telling myself, you know, that you weren't with me. It's just you had your own ambitions and your own vision of reality and blueprint for what but things But what if I did? Like, what if, like, I'm like, no, this is... Oh, yeah. We have that, too, you know. And for both of those, the number one thing is you being true to yourself and being, like, you, you show it it's much more with your actions than with your words and telling people what you're aiming to do. Give them some proof, give proof of concept, you know? So don't just be (laughs) like, you know, hey, I want you to get on board with this thing over here even though I'm radically unproven. I know this is totally out of left field. And this might've been a a number of times that you've done that before, you know? So show with your actions and not just talk about it. And also this goes back to if I'm communicating with you, to make sure that, like, especially in an intimate relationship, making sure that your highest priorities are being met. So for mm. you, certainty is a big priority. I'm over here taking these risks, like getting us to go to these events, not really having the the finances to even do the stuff we were doing. To get you on board to do those things was a big struggle because I wasn't meeting our certainty needs to where once I did that and shifted focus, like it just hit me, like, wait a minute, 
she operates differently. And she wants to feel like things are taken care of. And the crazy thing is, once I did that, you became, you all, you're pushing me. You're stretching the boundaries. You're, you're, you're having these bigger visions of things. But we just had to take care of your core need first. For me, my core need is growth. You know, like I need to grow. And so I would do that at the, you know, uh, the, the, the sacrifice of certainty at yeah. times, you know. And so, but you just had a different language that you were speaking, you know, in your blueprint. It wasn't necessarily different, but there were certain conditions surrounding your decision to grow and to be great that needed to be met. And it's okay, you know. So I think that that's the big thing is understanding that the way that they are is okay. And if you can learn to communicate with them, speak that language. So there's like, what is it? The, the five love languages is a book or four love languages. There's a love language book <laughs> Just you love can get. <laughs> and also the um, Lovers for Life, is that what it's called? The yeah, Anthony Robbins program. Yeah. Learning about the human needs, you know. So we'll put those in the show notes for you guys. Yeah. But if that's something you need to get educated, because r real talk, if it's important to you, you need to study it. Mm -hmm. You can't just be like, I want this thing to happen or I hope this happens or even asking a question, how do you do it? Find out, like actually do some study. Because even though you might hear the answer from me, and, and this is such a big thing because we're talking about other people, you need to get educated. Yeah, I was just thinking about our family and one, one fine day, our kids will probably listen to this episode when they're like, oh wait, wonder what dad thought about A, B, and C. <laughs> what would you say, like if there are just one or two lessons in life that you would want them to get and know, like if this was your last day and there's something that you want to make sure that they really get and to live a fulfilling life, what would that be? <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, to lead with kindness. That's the first thing that really jumped up for me. And this is, this is tough. You know, I'm thinking about talking to my, my babies, you know, but uh, to lead with kindness and to look for the best in people, you know, even though sometimes it might not seem like it's there, this does not mean to sacrifice yourself necessarily, but to lead with kindness and never feel that kindness is a weakness because that's something that, you know, can happen is you feel like somebody's taking your kindness for weakness. This is because they're weak. You know, it's not you. Kindness is the greatest strength, really. And so lead with kindness. Uh, that's number one. Number two would be, <laughs> and this is just what's coming up for me, is to, at the same time, you know, stand up for yourself, you know. Um, have the audacity to, to be you and know that you are loved. Uh, if not for me, there's just so much, so much love that even helped to, to, to make you who you are and just stay true to that because that's what really helped me was that love from my grandmother, you know. And the more that I embrace who I am, and all the crazy background and the things that I've been through, 
the greater my life has become <clears throat> and the more impact that I've had because I can connect with so many people, you know, because I've been there. I'm grateful for that. And the final thing would be, it's a real basic thing, but I think a lot of people don't get this. I know I didn't at first, but your life and your fulfillment and your success is going to be based on you finding a way to be of service. The direct amount of good that's going to come your way is going to come from you finding a way to help others. You know, so when you feel like, you know, I need, I need to make money. Yeah. I need to think in terms of how can I add more value? Be valuable. Be a valuable person. Add value to other people's lives. That's how you're going to sustain your livelihood, but you're also going to be very, very happy at the end of the day. You might, it might, might not be easy all the time, but you're going to find joy and you're going to find success. Well, uh, that, was, that was so beautiful. Thank you for that. Thank you. I had no idea I was coming up here to cry. <laughs> Me neither. Me neither. You're like the Oprah of this stuff. I know, which is, oh my God, I can't like <laughs> listen to this. Because my last and final question was actually Oprah. I was thinking of Oprah. And here you go. You just mentioned her, which is. I love when she's asked her interviewers this, and I thought this is perfect for you, especially where you are in your life, which is, what do you know for sure when all is said and done? What do I know for sure? There's this strange condition that humans have, this kind of fog in our minds that we believe that we're separate. We have over 8 billion people on this planet who are feeling separate from each other, from, from the whole. And in reality, like, it's a miracle that we are here. These perfect conditions, we're a couple planets from this huge flaming ball of gas spinning around in the middle of this universe. We've got these perfect conditions for us to exist right here, right now. And we're all one. We're all connected here. Now, I'm not saying this from a, like, idealistic thing, but literally... You know, we are all, we have the same human thread. We have the same genome. Quantum mechanics, we're looking at string theory. We're looking at all of these different things going on behind the scenes that connect all of us. So suffering creates more suffering. You know, it's a thread that all of us feel at some level. And so what I know for certain is that all of us, every day, we have the opportunity to up-level the energy on this planet. We have the choice to bring it to it because there's so much darkness that can be in our minds. But you said earlier asking about the confidence, I decide to bring it to it. I bring the energy to it. I have the opportunity to bring joy, to bring a sense of calm, to bring a sense of happiness, to bring a sense of certainty. I get to choose that. And so what I know for certain is that we all have the ability to bring our very best to the planet and affect everything mm -hmm. if we have the courage to do it. Drop the mic. <laughs> that was amazing. Thank, thank you, you, babe. No, that thank was, you. That was amazing. And I mean, you're the model. Um, literally, people ask me, all like, are you a model? Like, literally, you were a model <laughs> at some 
Abercrombie and something back in the day. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, seriously. This was really awesome and great. I've learned so much about you. So many inspiring messages with this episode. I can't wait to review it and just really internalize this. This is going to be one of my favorite, all-time favorites. So thank you, babe. Uh, thank you. It's mine too because you're here with me, you know. Yeah. You're my best friend and everything. You're everything. So thank you for having the audacity to say yes to be the interviewer because uh, I know this is new for you, you know, getting out of your comfort zone. And I think you did a fabulous job. I and did. you look good too. I did. <laughs> awesome. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into the show today. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. So many great takeaways. Right now, the one that's really top of mind is to bring it to it. You know, you get the opportunity and you have the capacity to bring the energy to the situation, no matter what it might be. We don't have to be stuck in the in the pity party or the, you know, the negativity that might be around you. You get to decide to flip that switch and to be the the best version of yourself, whether it needs more light in that situation, whether it needs more understanding and patience, whether it needs more uh, a sense of certainty, you get to bring it to it, you know? So uh, just, if anything today, just remember how powerful you are, all right? Uh, we all have our story, but at the end of the day, the pen is in, is in our hands and we get to decide how the story is gonna end, all right? So with that said, Take action, share this out with your friends and family if you think this would be valuable for them. Social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, of course, you could tag me and let everybody know what you thought of the show. I appreciate you so very much. All right, take care, have an amazing day, and I'll talk to you soon. And for more after the show, make sure to head over to themodelhealthshow.com. That's where you can find all of the show notes, you can find transcriptions, videos for each episode, and if you got a comment, you can leave me a comment there as well. And please make sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a rating to let everybody know that the show is awesome. And I appreciate that so much. And take care. I promise to keep giving you more powerful, empowering, great content to help you transform your life. Thanks for tuning in.